Hey friends, have you ever felt like a burden? Have you ever just felt like you can't even ask for help from family members, even when they're willing to help you because it just feels like it's too much? Well, I know the feeling. Today, I brought someone with me who's very special, and we are going to talk about the truths behind the concept of being a burden. So let's get ready to jump into that right now. Hey friends, I'm Cassie, and I'm a married Spoonie who lives the chronic illness life. Here each week, I'll challenge you to live intentionally and authentically, where every spoon you use has a purpose and every step you take matters. Welcome to Chronically Cultivating. All right, friends. So you may know the person that I have with me today. She actually helped me out once on one of the Spoonie Study videos, if you've seen those. So I'm so thrilled to introduce you to my sister, Katie. Hi, guys. My name's Katie, as she said. I'm Cassie's younger sister by four years, and I go to college down in North Carolina. So today we're going to talk about kind of what our relationship has looked like and how it's changed now that we're so far away, but just also being a burden and how you're not actually a burden when you think you are. Yeah, and it's so great. So we have been together kind of in a while. It's been like a whirlwind since you've been home. We've had some really like fun things, but it's been chaotic and busy. So it's nice to kind of sit down and just talk. Definitely. You know, when we've talked about being a burden in the past, this was a huge kind of turning point, I would say, and not even just about our relationship as siblings, but as friends, this was a huge thing that we had to talk about. And I think it's a very unique situation because, you know, you watched me go through all of this when everything started. We were living together. I mean, we're in the same house and uh, for some of it, we were even in the same bedroom. So like, (laughs) you know, it was very present in our lives and it definitely, it definitely opened my eyes when you and I finally started talking about all of these things. And we just realized how much we kind of both believed certain lies about the situation we were in rather than the Just truth. talking to each other too, you know, something we easily could have communicated about years ago. We just didn't. Again. And so today we want to take a topic that is not normally talked about and we don't want to keep it silent anymore. We want to just get right into it. So I think whether you have a chronic illness or not, at some point, everybody experiences some capacity of feeling like a burden in some way, shape or form in some kind of relationship. And it's just definitely amplified when you have a chronic illness. The reason that I say that specifically about a chronic illness is it's really different when you have an acute injury something just happens and you need people to take care of you for a couple weeks or a month or two, and then you get better. But to not get better, it's taxing on everyone. I would definitely agree with you. And I'd say when you guys start to talk about this burden concept and like what it's really about, gently approach it. Don't just storm into this topic head on. Approach it with caution and just be gentle. Yeah, don't be afraid to talk about how you really feel. Because we were for a really long time, and it made things really hard. 
you know, there were things that I really believed. I just believed I was a burden. And Katie was always fantastic about being willing to be like, hey, do you need like something? Do you need this? Especially like when you were younger too. And in a lot of ways, like, no, it's not perfect. And I'm not going to paint that picture that it was the perfect scenario. But you did help more often than not. I did. But also looking back, I can remember a lot of times that I would be snarky or I would just make little remarks here and there. And times I just didn't really want to help and times Mm -hmm. that I would be a little rude about it or that I wouldn't be kind. And it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows as kind of the chronic illness likes to paint their family as being so great. But the truth is that you don't always love it. I don't always love taking care of her. There are days that are hard. Mm -hmm. There are days I just wanted to go out with my friends and I didn't want to see her. And it's not because I don't love her. I do this illness is the burden and that's kind of what we're going to talk about. It's not her and there's a separation between the illness and her. Yeah. And chronic illness is just all encompassing. I feel like it just seeps into every area of your life and that includes your family and your spouses and like it includes all of that because just like it really takes so much strength to fight a chronic illness, I really believe that it takes a lot of strength for all of you to also fight alongside. And I remember a long time ago, I was frustrated. I think this was before the wedding because there Probably. was a lot of there was a <laughs> lot of stress. It was a very busy season. It was Katie's senior year. Like there was just so much going on for everyone in our family was having big milestone moments all like within the same three months. And Eating cake all month long. <laughs> <laughs> Best thing, hands down. There was a lot of cake. There was a lot of cake. There was but growth, but not just... <laughs> there was growth and cake. And cake. Yep. Um. Sometimes with the size of our clothes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so it was just a really stressful time. And right before the wedding, um, a month before I had had a procedure done on my shoulder and my hip, and I wasn't able to move either of them. And the day before the procedure, my other shoulder that I wasn't having worked on also dislocated. And I came out of the hospital. I don't even remember what I looked like, but I knew it looked insane because I had, <laughs> yep, because I had my huge hip brace on and both of my arms were in shoulder slings. I'm pretty sure. Yes, you were a whole mess. I was a whole mess. And I literally could not do anything for myself because I did not have hands. Like that was a huge problem. And I think it was when it was like a week past then and I was almost like ready to get out of the sling and I was not on pain meds so I wasn't groggy and out of it and I was kind of realizing how much help I had needed that I don't think I had like put two and two together when I was so drugged and I just remember like you being like hey do you need something and I just like lost it because I didn't want to ask you for anything and that was when you started explaining to me your mindset of the separation and I'm going to let you kind of explain that like I can't explain it because I don't even know what that is like but yeah and it's something that we kind of talked like a little bit about but really never dug into the subject of um but she just kind of broke down like I feel like a burden I feel like I shouldn't be here I'm you know making you guys worse off and I'm not helpful in your lives and like 
I just feel like I shouldn't be here. And that's a way we found a lot of people feel. Mm-hmm. And so kind of just talking about it, I realized that she didn't see things the way I was seeing things because I never saw her as a burden. The illness and the life can be a burden, but she's always worth it to me. She was always worth it to me. And I never once believed or thought, man, I wish she wasn't here. Man, I wish she wasn't in my life. The illness, yes. Her, no. That's something that just kind of, that was the turning point, I think, in her head. The thing that clicked Mm -hmm. is that she was not the burden. The problem and all of the struggles we were going through were not her. It was her body. She is more than this illness. She is more than all the hospital trips. She is more than all the braces and the medication. That does nothing to define who she is and who she is to me. She has been the person I looked up to as I have grown up. And she's the strongest person I know by far. And I guess I thought she kind of knew she that she was my idol. And she didn't. Yeah, because I truly, I mean, I had it in my head. I was a waste of space. And that, you know what, it wasn't worth getting married. It wasn't worth anything because, you know, when you need that much help, especially when you're an independent person with that mindset, but you're in the body that cannot be independent, you just feel trapped and you feel worthless and just you don't want to continue doing life if this is what your life is going to look like. What was just so crazy to me when we were having this conversation was that that was not at all what I thought. I was kind of expecting Katie to say, you know what? Yeah, this sucks and you suck. And And you're worthless. Yeah, that was pretty (laughs) like that was kind of what I expected her to say. I was not expecting her to say, I view you and your illness as two separate things. And what was I think so important about how she worded that. And I don't even think she knew this at the time, I didn't. but there are so many people that we just become our diagnosis in a way. People start to only see us for braces and wheelchairs and all those things. And they stop seeing us as people. And it can be very easy when everybody else is seeing you that way to forget that you're more than those things. So Katie had really, like, just really given me a brand new thought process because I didn't view it that way. I was going to say, we've always been pretty straightforward about certain things. When we argue or we quarrel, it's right to the point normally. Oh, yes. There's no, let me tell you guys, there's no miscommunication. (laughs) Like, that's something that we have never had a problem with, in my mind, is miscommunication because we're very quick to be like, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, and we're, we're very quick to call each other out, too, and we're not afraid to be like, um, I don't like how you handled X, Y, Z, and this is how I felt about it. And then if it didn't actually happen that way, we would just explain, like, oh, this is what we meant. And then, boom, done, handled. There wasn't this, like, miscommunication of us, like, not fully texting one another back and being mad behind each other's backs. Like, that's Oh, no, we brought to each us. other's faces loud and clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I knew that in this conversation... It was very honest because I didn't have to worry about Katie just saying something to make me feel better or to get me to stop crying or whatever (laughs) it was. Like she was truly talking to me what she believed in her truth. 
And that's so important. And there's one word that you said before that really caught my attention. When you said the word worthless. Worthless is such a big word. It has so much meaning behind it. To be worthless. And you are in no way, shape, or form worthless because you are not the things that are happening to you you are not the situation that you are in you're not the way people are treating you around you you're not whatever people are saying to your face or behind your back or whatever they're saying whatever the doctors are saying you are not worthless because your worth is not defined by your body it's who you are it's how you speak it's how you talk it's how you communicate it's what you say and what you feel it's not a tangible thing necessarily so you have to shift your focus a little bit. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm talking about before. You are not worthless. You still have things you can bring. I would have never been able to get to a Division One school to play volleyball without my sister. She taught me what real strength was and what a real mindset was to succeed and to grow and how to be tough and how to be tough in hard situations. And how could somebody who set me up for success in that way to go succeed in my dreams, how can that be worthless? How can she be worthless? Like, you can't look at that situation. Those two things don't add up. You can't say that. Yeah, and um, I'm, like, so taken back because, like, (laughs) yeah. um, (laughs) But I think in general there are times that, like exactly what you were saying, doctors may make you feel worthless or other people may just make you feel like that. It's a guilt, I think, because it it turns into not just a thought process, but we bear our own burden of guilt in this belief that we need to do everything we can to make things easier on other people because we're already such a burden and we're such a problem Mm -hmm. and we're worthless, whatever it is. And what I think that was interesting is when you and I were just talking before we kind of got into all of this, you know, you brought up something interesting is I may have carried that guilt of feeling like I was worthless and I couldn't do enough for the family or whatever it was. But you brought up a really interesting point of guilt that I had never even thought about really before this closely. Yeah. And we're just kind of talking about like subject of burden, what it looks like and kind of guilt and It just, as a family member, sometimes you just feel guilty that it's not you. You just feel like you deserve this. Why do they, why do they have to go through this? Why does Cassie have to go through this? Why can't it be me? And I think as parents, especially, I've talked with my dad about this a little bit too. And our dad. Yeah. And mom. Yeah. And just talking with them, like, why couldn't it be us? Why does it have to be her? And you kind of feel guilty when you're going on vacation and she's not there and and we're doing all these things that maybe she couldn't do. Um, We were just talking about that this past trip, actually, Mm -hmm. and how I get to go to school and I get to go play and kind of live out my dream. And I feel guilty that she doesn't get to. Like, I get to do all these things and she doesn't. Sometimes it was hard for me to tell her the things I was excited about because I didn't want to make her feel bad. I don't know, from your perspective, kind of, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, I I definitely, I mean, I wouldn't say it's never crossed my mind that I've wondered, like, why was I the one that got all the bad genes? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, <laughs> because EDS is genetic, so it is a gene. So for some reason, it is activated in me. 
Um, you know, when I think about those things, though, yes, there were times that I will say I was jealous. There have been times that I've watched your experiences and I've just been kind of like, I really wish that was me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I remember before you left for your freshman year, which was past year for school, we were hanging out. And at the time we were debating about a big surgery mm-hmm. um, that we for now are holding off, but we were talking about said surgery. And I remember you saying, I don't think I can leave if you're going to go through that because you were just like, I can't be that far away. You know, so we just, we started to get really honest with one another mm-hmm. and in a different type of way. Cause we've been honest and blunt. I don't discourage yeah. blunt for honesty. Like we would never lie to each other, but there's certain topics we wouldn't necessarily dig into. We never, like I said, we never were dishonest, but but we you wouldn't, know, we would kind of just scratch the surface. It, yeah. yeah, we would really not dig in. We both did something kind of interesting. Neither of us decided to comfort one another. We just decided to share exactly what was on our hearts. So Katie had talked about that and some other things. And one of the things that I remember saying to her was, I'm really jealous that you're not only going to school, you're going to school in the same field that I studied and you were going to actually be able to graduate from that field when I couldn't. And maybe the most honest like, thing we ever. It, it was like, I'm say. sure you guys can feel the weight of these words. And we both didn't just comfort each other and say, it's going to be fine. It's going to be great. We decided to just sit in that honesty and that brokenness and just kind of say, you know what? This is where things are at. And I'm pretty sure we prayed. And then we were just kind of like, So how do we move forward? That was really what had changed because this was going to be our first time living apart from one another. For that long. For that long. Because I'd only been married four months, three months, something like that. that. And so I hadn't been out of the house long. I mean, you can drive. So like you were still out here often Mm -hmm. helping me and whatnot. So it kind of turned into how are we going to go from living together and relying on one another to being 15 hours away from one another. Mm -hmm. Like, how are we going to manage that? Yeah, it was definitely different. And I think going back really quick to what we were really honest about, in a lot of ways, as much as I love her, this illness, not her, had been a burden for a long time or just been tough. Even burden maybe big word. Mm-hmm. It was a tough thing. And in a lot of ways, I was excited to go as much as like I wanted to be with her and I want to help her and I hate not being with her and, you know, knowing everything that's going on. I felt like I needed a break in some ways. Mm-hmm. Like I talked to her and I was like, Cassie, I feel like the worst person in the world for saying this, but I kind of talked to my parents about it and I was like, I just, I need to tell you this. I was like, as much as I love you, I was like, I need to go away to school. I just need a little bit of space from this illness. And I think it's going to be really hard if I stay and Mm -hmm. to stay and try to go to school and be helping. I was like, I just need a little bit of time to focus on becoming the woman that I'm going to be. And what I want to point out in this conversation is when we were having this conversation, she did not hurt me with her words. And that's really important because I know that that was a huge concern of hers was like, how 
on earth is she going to take this? Yeah. You know, that's a testament, though, to the relationship that we have that we spent years Years. building and years making mistakes and all of that. But we were finally in place. And I was able to say, Katie, I 100% understand that because like, I can't take a break from my body, but you deserve break from my body. And I can't wait to watch you become the woman that you're going to be and to see you accomplish these things. You know, we're, we're always going to be here and that's what matters. And I just think that the fact that we were able to come to that understanding, there was no fights, there was no bitterness, like there was nothing like that as a part of the conversation. No hurt from each other. Yeah, and that was that was really huge. And so part of that though is, you know, we learned to set boundaries. So we we worked hard to make sure that neither of us would get in a sense burnt out by one another. I think our parents helped instill this a lot too. Yes. And and it wasn't perfect by any means. We burned each other out a lot. Yeah. And it happened. But we got better over time at setting boundaries. And one of those things was, you know, I had set a boundary, which was a big mistake. Cause that's the other thing, guys, if you're going to set boundaries with a person, both they need to need know. To yeah. They both need to know. So I think Katie knows exactly what I'm about to say here. Um, when she was away at school, I got really hurt and I was in the hospital and I knew that she was training and I didn't want to concern her. Bad move. So I chose not to text her and tell or her call. or like I did not let her know at all because I thought I was being helpful. Now, this is partially due to the fact that I was not thinking and I'm not even going to just blame it on pain meds because I truly made a bonehead move and I posted an update of me being in the hospital on Instagram. Now, Katie has no idea. In her mind, I'm at home. I'm fine. Doing life. Um, Yeah, just bad days, but nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. So I get this text from her that I would not dare repeat to anybody. (laughs) And she made it crystal clear that just because she was away did not mean that she did not want to be involved. And in my mind, I was protecting you. I was, like, doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. But for me, this is my best friend in a lot, like a lot of ways. My sister not telling me that she had some serious health issues going on. It's nothing new, but it's a big deal still when these types of things happen. It was a bigger injury. I think it was more the shock of seeing it on Instagram and kind of because you realizing didn't have any no heads one, up. yeah, realizing nobody told me. I was like, oh, no, no, no. Well, and it was kind of a family thing, too, because you made it very clear to mom and dad, too, because I wasn't able to text for a little while. And you were like, you also made it clear to them, probably in a lot nicer of a way than you did to me. It was not that bad, (laughs) ma'am. But, um, you know, like you just were like, yes, I'm away at school. Yes, I'm living life. But that does not mean that I don't get to be a part of what's still happening. So that was like something that was like a big lesson that we learned with boundaries. I was trying to set a boundary, but I didn't communicate that boundary with her. And now we communicate. And if we We worked it out, yeah. And if we feel like there needs to be a boundary set in place, or we kind of have a thing where like, 
if we text one another, we sometimes know we're not going to text each other back right away. And it's not something that we take offense to no. or any of that. It could we be just, a day. Yeah. Honestly, it could be a couple days, honestly, before we really get to respond to each other. We may send each other something. We know that they'll be able to look at it whenever. They might not be able mm-hmm. to respond, but that they see it. And I think going back to boundaries, too, this looked very different when we were together. Mm-hmm. You know, as when you can't do anything and you're kind of mm-hmm. stuck, you have to ask for everything. And one thing that you kind of used to do for a while, well, not kind of, that you did. Did. I was going to say there's no kind <laughs> there's of. There's no kind of. One thing that you did, you used to ask for things, mm-hmm. like five minutes apart. You would forget everything she needed. And she would spend, we'd spend 15, 20 minutes end up getting things. And then we'd be like, nope. She would, then she would really need something like her medication. You're like, oh my goodness, get back up again and get it. Yes. And side note for all of you guys, I don't know if Jared has already talked about it. But his nickname for me is the Queen of Bad Timing because I still do that to him all the time. I'm getting better. Um, but he he really does say that. And it's true. And it's not offensive in any way, shape, or form. I know that I truly sometimes have the worst timing yeah. in that regard. But bef- before, what you really learned, though, to do was to get everything in order that you needed so you had so you get everything at the same time. And then more recently, you have everything timed out when you're going to get different medications. Like, you've always Mm -hmm. had that, but, like, when you're getting food and you're getting ice packs when you're going to need things, it's a little bit more planned out. Yeah, and that was something that we definitely, we worked on that a lot. Because you were the one that was home with me a lot of the time. Yes. So, but, like, the other thing, too, is that... You know, a burden doesn't just apply to the taking care of things and all of that, but like there, there's a weight that it carries into all things. And I think you and I had to really learn how to have fun together again, because we were always driving places and doing things and hanging out. And so that all like shifted like crazy for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, as you know, it's just such a heavy burden of life with, as you're just saying, with all the medications and hospital trips. So we decided at one point when it was just really crazy and we were like, you know what, that's it. We're going to plan something really fun. And Five Seconds of Summer, which was one of our favorite bands One of our favorite time, bands ever. It still is. It still Come is. On. Okay, okay. Guilty pleasure. Still is. <laughs> <laughs> so they had this concert coming up. And we had seen them the year before open for another band. And we were like, you know what? Let's go. I found these tickets. I forget. It was one of us. I don't remember. It I was you. It was me. It was you. I was like, hey, you came I up found with the these idea. tickets for this concert. I think we can do it. Let's go. And you were like, what? <laughs> yeah, it really was. I was just like, are you out of your mind? And you were like, no. And you were, we're like. on the crutches at the time, I think. For yeah. The first one. Yeah. And that's what's important to know is that was one of our first ones but we went to more so we we just decided we were going to have the time of our life and we were going to live right in the mess of things and and scream our lungs out at some concert (laughs) yep and it was so fun and it's interesting because that has changed over the years and you know something that katie's gotten really really good at is anticipating 
what I need so I don't have to ask. She knows that even as close as we are, all the years of life that we've been doing together and all of that, there are still times that I don't want to ask for help because it just, you know, I just want to be able to do it myself. Mm -hmm. So something Katie got very good at was anticipating when I would need certain things and just be like, oh, I got this and just not even make me ask. Like for instance, now Jared does it, but I couldn't wash my hair and I still can't because of my shoulders. And so one of the things like that you had done during that time frame is you literally were just like, Hey Cass, when do you want to shower? And we're just going to do your hair. And you didn't make me ask you, you like you, you skipped that whole process and you were just like, you knew that this was how it was. And you made a real goal whether you subconsciously or consciously did that to not make me ask for that. And we found ways to have fun even in that. Like we would blast music and like sing all crazy. Yeah. And you really work to make the best of it for me. And I think that was so helpful and still is so helpful. That's something that I think was just because I was around you so much of the time. One thing that's important to mention is I was homeschooled at the time. So yes, that's a, That's really important because I didn't go away to school every day. I was with Cassie all day. Um, For the most part, you would sleep in the mornings depending on how good or bad day it was. And appointments, hospital stuff. Like, I was was gone a decent amount for that stuff. Yeah, but I was home. Yep. So I was around her so much. I guess I just kind of picked it up. And it was conscious and subconscious at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, I knew that you didn't like to help ask for help. And I think... Just getting good out of it was just from practice, from being around you so much. And as you were saying, we kind of started creating a routine. Yeah, we got to help. Once you do something enough, you kind of find ways to make it better. That's just happens yeah. in life with anything you do. Um, that's just kind of how well, I worked it out. And even going back to the concerts, every concert we've gotten significantly better oh, in yeah. how we do things. We're we've, pros now. We really are pros. And it was so funny because we actually went to a concert. I'm sure you saw it if you follow me on Instagram, but we went to a concert and my best friend Mara was also with us and Steven was with us. Mm-hmm. So this was, this was new for Katie. She's not used to sharing me at a concert ever. I didn't like it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little truth in that guy's little okay. truth. There's a little truth. <laughs> You're not wrong. She definitely did not fully enjoy sharing me, but what was so great, you handled it very gracefully because it was very hard for you to do this. So I will say you handled it with more grace than I expected you to. Um, but I'm going to be going to, to a concert with Mara in November. So it was really Katie was working to teach Mara in a way how we do things. But how Mara does things now Katie does things are different because they're two different people. And Mara had never been to a concert with me before. So she has, you know, what she thinks. And Katie's like, I've been through this rodeo. I know how we do. We got a plan. We stick to it. It's like an unspoken plan, too, because it's something we just know. Neither of us have ever actually talked through our plan fully, I don't think. But we don't need to because, like, the only thing that I think that we always do before every concert is I show you where I put the emergency medication. I was just thinking that, yeah. Like, that's the only thing, because you already know that I got my bag packed. Mm-hmm. We, we packed already, the bag together, so we know what. Yeah, there. so we know it's there, and we typically have a list that we kind of go off of, of just, like, we need to make sure we have XYZ. Then, you know, Katie typically drives, and Katie uses all her muscles and all that to lift my wheelchair out of the car and help me out of the car. 
you know, then she weaves me through the crowds of people, which is I'm, intimidating. Not anymore. I'm a pro. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, hit her, I dare you. Lawsuit. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm completely kidding. That was a 100% a joke. I would never do that. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh my God. <laughs> Katie also likes going with me because we get the best parking. That's really why I drive her. That's really that's really the only reason. I don't know. But it's it's been something that we find joy in and yes. we've still been able to experience it, you know, and it was so fun to do that with Mara and to experience that all together. It was great. And I think what's so neat is that whether you and I are standing and jumping around, screaming our lungs out or we're sitting down in chairs and we're just singing along, but not standing and jumping. We still have an amazing time regardless. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And it was interesting with Mara there. Um, definitely different. She is amazing. She really is. She did a great job. Yeah. And I'm so excited to go to a concert. It will be my first concert, I think, though, without you. I had to go to my first concert. Oh, you a year right. Ago. That's that's it true. It was strange. It was strange. We always just do it together, and we do nothing's like Katie's high pitched scream that could literally break glass. But this is true. You know, I think I'm that one person. I in think the music you, video that's screaming really <laughs> loud and ruins the whole song. But I think you give Mara your thumbs up approval. Definitely. And and it was so nice. I think to make that transition with you. Yeah. Um. And of course, we'll find we will find another concert to go to when you get back home. Cause oh yeah, heck yeah! We can't seem to go a summer without a concert or two. It just it's not in our blood. We can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of this to say that had we not had the courage to speak to each other about the issue of feeling like a burden and you know just assuming what we were thinking we would not be in the place that we are today. So if you're in a place with one of your siblings or your spouse or your parents and just things right now aren't going your way, I really encourage you, like Katie had said, don't tackle it, gently walk into it Mm -hmm. and know that it's going to take time. You're going to make tons of mistakes and there are going to be tears and frustration and hostility sometimes because Mm -hmm. we're all human. It's going to happen. But, you know, we get through it. Yeah. And, you know, as a family member, don't be afraid to talk about boundaries. You just really need to be honest because different times where I was just like, Cassie, that's too much. You need to make a list and let me know what you want at first. Or Cassie, you know, that's, don't spring things on me. Yeah. I, need it. I don't have time for this right now. And now I'm late to this. Like just talk and have boundaries. It's really okay and maybe you have to get used to it for a little while. You're going to mess up sometimes. It's not going to be perfect. Oh, I know it wasn't for us, but, you know, really talk and work through it. And kind of a Bible verse that came to mind for both of us, I think, um, was John fifteen thirteen, And it says, Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for his friends. And laying down your life, I don't think it's just necessarily death. About death. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, as family members, we're giving, or friends, we're giving a lot of our lives to this loved one who's hurt or the illness, whatever it is. And, you know. And as someone with a chronic illness, don't um, discount your bravery to talk about feeling like a burden. Because it's a really hard thing to talk about, but it needs to be talked about. 
I'm so glad that we've had this time here today to sit and talk about this. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm going to miss you so much when you go back to school. I know. And I'm going to be so crazy busy. I'm not even going to know what day it is. But those moments where I finally think slow down a little bit, the times I really miss you the most. So, yeah. But if you guys have any questions, you know, reach out to us. Send us an email or something. Hit up the website. Yeah. We get it. We've seen a lot and done a lot. So. Well, friends, sadly, Katie has to go train and do all the things and run around like a crazy person. Yep. So we're going to say goodbye for now. But know that Katie will probably be back the next time she's home on break. Definitely. And you can hear us chat and giggle more. (laughs) Bye, guys. The Oregon College Savings Plan can help fund your child's dreams and ideas. But it's not just for college. It's also the trade school savings plan and the books and materials savings plan, even the room and board savings plan. With fewer educational expenses to think about, your kids can focus on what matters, their future. Start saving today to support your child's tomorrow. Learn more at OregonCollegeSavings.com. Keep the devices in your home protected from Wi-Fi threats with Xfinity XFi. If it's connected, it's protected. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Switch to Xfinity today and get a great offer. You'll get fast speeds and the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with Xfinity XFi. And now you can get advanced security for free when you get the XFi Gateway. That's a $72 value per year. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit an Xfinity store to switch today. Restrictions apply.